Welcome to the Zen Stoic Path. As I alluded to in the previous episode, in the next few episodes, we're going to be talking about 2020, specifically how it affected my life and how I use Zen Stoicism to prevent myself from hitting an emotional rock bottom. 2020 was a really challenging year for me as it was for many other people. And for some people, it was significantly more challenging than what I went through. And for some people, it was significantly less challenging. But at the end of the day, our challenges are all relative. They're relative to our experience. So in this episode, we're going to be going through the experiences that I had in 2020, specifically around death. I know, it seems a little bit morbid. You might be thinking to yourself, all right, we're getting, we're getting heavy already. <laughs> but the idea here is that being afraid to talk about death can create a world where you're not actually focusing on what matters to you. The reason being is because the Stoics had a practice called memento mori, which was to meditate on their own mortality, to look at life in a way knowing that their existence, their life is temporary, as well as all the people in it. So looking at this allowed a person to really focus on what, what was actually important to them, what actually mattered. And in my 2020, there were two instances of this. One where a family member was confronted with their own mortality and the other where a family member met their own mortality. So we're going to be going through both of these topics and how Zen Stoicism helped me in both of them to not completely crumble emotionally, to still remain with a sense of inner peace despite the circumstances that were going on because life is going to bring us all the inevitable storms and battles that we're going to have to face. Denying that these battles exist is not going to help. In fact, it could make things worse because as human beings, as mortals, we all know in the back of our mind that this is temporary. We all know in the back of our mind that these things can happen, that tragic events can occur in our lives. So it's really important for us to practice this idea of memento mori because memento mori, what it does to meditate on one's own mortality is it points us in the right direction. It prioritizes what truly matters and what truly is meaningful in our lives. So the very first experience that I had in having to implement memento mori and having to really look at it was in the beginning of the year. This is actually pre-pandemic, right? This is before everything kind of popped off and the world went crazy. But I was actually in Florida visiting because I was doing a training down there and my father lives in Florida. So I went to visit him after the training was done. And I remember he pulled me outside because he said he wanted to show me something. And I wasn't sure what he was talking about, but as soon as we got outside, I saw him well up with emotion and immediately I knew something was wrong. And he looked at me, he put his arm out and there was like a hole in his arm, it looked like a cigarette burn. So I was like, what happened? Did you, did you get like kidnapped or something? Like, like I, my mind was racing. I had no idea what was going on. And then he start, he, he just broke down and he blurted out, I have melanoma. Now for me, I remember freezing in that moment. It's, it's as if my world had stopped and everything had come crashing down because what this did is it reminded me of the experience of my mother passing away from cancer when I was a kid. And it was almost as if it was happening again, that I was reliving it, that I was going to have to go through that emotional turmoil. And I remember both of us were scared. We were sad. We were just having all kinds of emotions come up. And in a moment... I remember something in me just snapped and I looked at him in the eyes and I said, I've not gone through all of the training that I've done in the area of 
human development and in human psychology to not be prepared for a moment like this. I've put blood, sweat, and tears into this craft, and you're going to be okay, and we're going to figure this out. And I remember in that moment, he looked at me, and he said, I trust you. Now, at that time, I didn't exactly have a plan for what we were going to do. But I did know that I had been preparing for this moment my entire life. When my mom passed away, this really set in motion the whole reason for why I do what I do. When she passed away when I was seven years old, I remember being a slave to my emotions, a victim to my emotions all my life. And this moment was just a reminder of why I had started everything in the first place. So I remember with my dad in that same conversation, I ended up telling him, I said, you didn't receive a death sentence. You were not told your destiny by this doctor. What you got was a wake-up call, an opportunity to make the changes you've always wanted to make but couldn't. And I remember his perspective began to change. Where there was once fear, hope replaced it within him. And this was a a huge shift in perspective because my father thought he was done. And he was broken up about this because my dad loves his kids more than anything. Now, being faced with his own mortality, my dad suddenly realized a few things. The first thing is that he was doing work that he didn't necessarily want to do, taking on jobs that he probably shouldn't have been taking on, and being underpaid for the craft that he had been mastering for decades. Running his days in a way that created a ton of stress and rarely any peace. In addition to that, he realized that he was not putting an emphasis or a priority on his health, clearly with the circumstances that had arisen. And on top of that, he knew he wasn't spending the time with the people that he loved as much as he wanted to. So this was an opportunity for him to begin to make those changes. And what him and I did is I immediately took him to one of my mentors that I learned coaching from, that I learned the coaching skill sets, that I learned the different processes for what I do to work with people. And he was gracious enough to donate his time. His name is Dr. Mario Garcia, and he has a coaching institute called the Neurostrategic Coaching Institute. So he really, really helped and was a big part of my dad's healing. And him and I, we we went to Dr. Mario Garcia, and we really focused on having my dad have a direct experience with his most unpleasant emotions, with the inner conflicts that he had, with the external conflicts that he had. And this is typically the work that I do in a session called the liberation session. And we did this process with my dad for him to release those emotions so that his body and his mind would be in a optimal state to be able to deal with the circumstances that he was facing in that moment. In addition to that, we changed his diet completely, got very, very meticulous on being healthy, having the right supplementation. And then we also, we looked at my dad's schedule, we completely rearranged it. In addition to that, we also focused on decluttering his workspace, decluttering the house, taking things out that were causing stress. So suddenly we made all these changes in his personal life. We were using the stoic principle of the dichotomy of control in this moment. Memento Mori made us focus on what was truly important for him. And then we use the dichotomy of control to focus on the elements that we really could control. Because there's no saying what the disease would have done with his body. But we knew that there were certain elements that we could put our focus into that we can act on and begin to make some changes. In addition to that, my dad was also doing the treatments that the oncologist had recommended for the specific type of cancer that he was having. So we basically attacked it from all angles, and we drastically reduced his stress. So all of those things being considered, 
this is the combination of what some stoic principles and lessons can do. This is where I was able to remain as his son in a focused state rather than one that is fearful, rather than one that is losing hope. I was able to remain focused with him through this process. And today, I'm very grateful to say that he doesn't have any visible symptoms of melanoma in his body. So he was able to heal himself. That's not to say that things can't change, but we're able to be thankful and grateful for where he's at today and with all the progress that he's made. So these lessons of stoicism significantly helped. In addition to that, we use principles of Zen to help him relieve his stress, to help him do different practices where he is grateful, where he is present, where he is here in the now. And so this is what really helped with my dad and allowed him to move past this obstacle in his life. Now, I could have easily indulged in the unpleasant and negative emotions of this event, especially being that my mom passed away when when I was a kid. So I could have absolutely dove into that whole victim mentality that I had for so many years after my mom had passed away. But I realized that that's not going to help us in the situation. It's focusing on elements I can't control. It's not putting what's important at the forefront of our focus. And I have Zen stoicism to thank for being able to maintain that sense of unshakable inner peace, even in life's most tumultuous times. Now, that was the first event where my father was confronted with his mortality. The second event that happened was that my grandfather met with his mortality. It was November of 2020, and I remember getting the phone call saying that my grandfather was in hospice and that he didn't have much time to live. And this was a really tough event for the entire family. So I remember going to Florida to see my grandfather and to spend time. And he had had Alzheimer's for three years up until this point. So he wasn't really there the way that he was normally throughout his life. And for the previous three years, we weren't able to communicate with him in the way that we had normally had. So this was a really tough event emotionally for everybody involved. But I remember that when my grandfather passed, this lesson around mortality came to me, right? It made me really focus on, again, the things I could control. Because it's really easy for us to make someone else's death about us, to play the victim. But at the end of the day, everybody is on their path. And this is something that Zen has taught me, that we're all on our own path and someone else's death is just part of their path but it's not our path. While it is their death, it is our loss. So it's not to say that you shouldn't feel sad or that you shouldn't feel a sense of loss when somebody passes away. It is to understand that it's okay to feel those emotions. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be broken up about someone else's passing because obviously they played a big role in your life. They, and so it's okay to feel these emotions. It's not about making yourself not feel them. But it's important to also remember at the same time that that is their path and you're on your path. While it is important to mourn the death and the loss of someone that you love, it is simultaneously important to honor their life. And I remember when my grandfather passed, I remembered back to some of the most important moments that I had with him. And one of the last memories before his mind began to go was I remember the first time I was doing a public speaking event that had more than 200 people in the room. And I was very young, I was 23 years old, and this was a big deal for me. I was pretty nervous, especially because this this was going to be the first time that my family came to see me. 
And my grandfather up until that point had no idea what I was aspiring to do for a living. He had no idea that I was trying to become a coach or a speaker or anything like that. So he thought I was wasting my time and that I was crazy. (laughs) And I remember us having multiple conversations of this. And then finally he came to see me speak. And I'll never forget the look on his face that time that he came to see me. He was blown away, not just because of what I was saying, but the fact that I was doing the thing that I said I was going to do. And I never felt more validated from a family member than I did from him that day when his whole perception around what I did changed. And I remember he told me, he said, you have something here. Keep doing this. Keep going. No matter what, no matter what anybody says to you, even me, keep doing what you're doing. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that because that was one of the things that really kept me going. So when he did pass away, I was definitely sad and mourned his loss. I went through my own sense of grief, but at the same time, I focused on honoring his life, honoring what he brought to our family, honoring what he had said to me that day, and cherishing that memory. And so at the end of the day, we can't control if somebody passes away or if somebody is confronted with a terminal disease. But what we can control is how we choose to spend our time with them. What we can control is what we decide to do in the situation when we're given an opportunity, when we're given a wake-up call. We can always control these things. We are all going to be confronted with mortality at some point, whether it's somebody that you love or it's your own. What Memento Mori is about is prioritizing what is truly important so that you can truly live.